The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marsha Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked in your drive for purpose, performance, and profitability. Now, a quick Smart Moves Treat. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. hiring are you doing it right peter drucker the great leadership icon observed that many managers make poor staffing decisions at most one-third of such decisions turn out right one-third somewhat effective and one-third outright failures he concludes that in no other area of management would we put up with such miserable performance As a business coach, I'm continually amazed when reviewing hiring practices of various companies and what I see frequently are the lack of workplace planning, inconsistent procedures, ineffective interviewing, indecision, or hasty decisions just to get a warm body in a chair. So, if you want to hire eagles, great talent who soar, Here are three strategies to enhance your hiring process. One, select the right sourcing method. While the typical sourcing channels include in-house recruiters, employee referral programs, executive search firms, advertising, temporary staffing agencies, campus recruiting, and of course, job boards, not all will be appropriate for filling every position. Are you trying to hire dozens of hourly wage jobs or a senior executive? Each will require a different hiring source and process. So, develop good metrics to evaluate the different sources based on the suitability of candidates that come through your door. Two, develop realistic job profiles. Studies have shown that 25% of companies don't take the crucial step of defining what they're looking for before they begin the hiring process. 
If specific competencies like skills and behaviors are not first identified, you will waste precious time interviewing the wrong candidates. Because jobs change over time, review the profiles periodically to verify they are still valid. And three, create partnerships between human resources and hiring managers. Both are on the same team trying to attract and select the best talent. Truly understanding the job to be filled requires good communication and collaboration. They need to jointly develop the job requirements, decide on the screening factors, plan the interviews, assign follow-up responsibilities, and establish selection criteria to make quality hiring decisions. So, listeners, here's a smart moves tip. The effectiveness of your hiring process impacts the effectiveness of your company. A new hire that does not fit the position will be difficult to develop will perform poorly and more likely leave, resulting in the need to repeat the process. As Jack Welsh, the former CEO of GE said, quote, all we can do is bet on the people we pick. So my whole job is picking the right people. Listeners, how well are you picking the right people? Do you need to do a better job of hiring eagles? Let me show you how. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Listeners, did you know approximately 30% of the North American workforce is either contingent, contractual, or temporary, and this labor trend will increase to 50% by 2016? To explore this new sourcing method is my guest, Yasmin Battiston, National Manager Sales and Operations of Alliance RPO. With such a large percentage of the workforce moving in this direction, she will help us understand the inherent risks, benefits, challenges, and potential solutions so that companies can effectively grow and manage their contingent talent base. Welcome, Yasmin. It's a delight to have you on the show. And so, Yasmin, let's talk about... You know, what is the contingent worker? Who is that worker? What, you know, describe to the listeners um, what you, so they can learn better about the contingent worker. So, um, in essence, the contingent workforce is a provisional group of workers um, who work for an organization on a non-permanent basis. They can also be known as freelancers, independent professionals, temporary contract workers. There's a lot of different terminologies, and they all mean something a little bit different, um, Mm -hmm. but it's different than a standard work arrangement. So, standard work arrangement is one where a person may work full-time or part-time for one employer for an indefinite period of time. Um, This is not the case for a contingent worker. Um, They don't expect their jobs to last long. Um, They don't have any implicit or explicit uh, contracts for ongoing employment. Um, 
but, um, you know, it's usually on a contractual or a temporary basis. Um, and they include both professional, highly skilled, highly educated individuals, as well as low-skilled and unskilled workers. Well, you've given a very good sense of what contingency workers are, and it's a variety of workers. Am I correct on that? It's just, it is you a know, variety of workers, exactly. Right. Um, so... Um, Let's talk about the growth of this contingent workforce. Um, I know you're in Canada, in Toronto, but uh, can you also talk about it in terms of uh, North, you know, North America? Um, sure. I mean, there's been some pretty, um, a lot of consistencies between the U.S. and the Canadian markets when it comes to the contingent workforce. Um, there are a lot of parallels. Um, but traditionally, across the board in North America, uh, temporary or contract work um, was essentially a concept where companies would hire staff, usually administrative or clerical, on a short-term basis to fill, uh, to fill a gap, like a vacation or maternity leave. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And over time, due to market demands and the staffing industry, um, it, it grew. The demand grew, and the quality and the diversity of the temporary worker modernized, um, and, and the credibility of the contingent worker also modernized. So um, businesses over the past decade, they've dramatically increased their use of contingent workers, um, pretty much because they're struggling with rising labor costs. Um, and they need a workforce that can quickly adapt to different mm-hmm. market conditions. Um, so to give you an example, following the economic downturn, the employment rate recovered at a very slow pace, both in the U.S. and in Canada, um, mm-hmm. except in the areas of contingent. Um, so independent and temporary workers, this segment actually rose by 29% between 2009 oh. and 2012. Um, many different do- drivers uh, for this shift include uh, the adoption of mobile technology, the fact that Internet access is everywhere. Um, globalization is a significant shift in this, um, simply mm-hmm. because it contributes to the rapid growth of industry altogether. Um, baby boomers, as we know, are starting to retire, and they account for one-third of, of North American uh, industry altogether, or the American workforce, I should say. Um, in bullish economies like ours, the demand for contingent labor is very strong, mostly because organizations are trying to grow with the economy, and using contingent workers allows them to work with experts only when they need to. Um, and in knowledge-driven economies like ours, organizations rely on more specific and expert knowledge and expertise so um, essentially, the demand for highly skilled and knowledgeable workers um, and people have grown, and the expertise of contract workers have simply become more attractive. Um, even today, there is a shortage of critical skill sets, and uh, companies are looking to bridge this gap by supplementing their internal uh, talent capabilities with these uh, flexible um, uh, staffers um, because they're, they're more flexible in terms of when they can work. They're more responsive. They're a bit faster, and they're more cost-effective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, because, uh, well, one of the things that I was going to ask, and we just have a couple more minutes before a break, mm-hmm. um, is maybe finish your thought, and then um, do you see this, uh, I know you're going to get into trends, but mm-hmm. uh, now that the economy is getting better, at least in the, some parts of the United States, and I would think in Canada, uh, do you think employers will go back to the the normal of, of, you know, hiring people for, ex, for, you know, full-time, or do you see it just c- continuing? So, um, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Well, reports are indicating that organizations have no yearning to go back to um, the, the type of staffing or the permanent staffing model um, before uh, 2008. Um, there's, it, it's simply from a cost-effectiveness standpoint, um, our market is still very fickle. Um, so having contingent workers actually allows us 
to grow when we need to grow with the expertise mm-hmm. and knowledge of contract workers and scale back um, when we need to. So it allows organizations to be more flexible without um, the overhead and the costs associated with permanent staffing. It is indicated that contingent workers are the new permanent workforce and that permanent pl- employees are kind of the concept is, is, is dating and, and getting a- is, is, is aged. Um, I know we are talking about uh, the focus is going to be on companies um, and how they uh, utilize this contingent workforce better. But, you know, I've also worked in in my years of doing outplacement uh, with people who are looking for work. And I'm wondering, are they just quickly, are they changing their perceptions, do you know, of what what kind of work is out there? Are they becoming more attuned to contingent work, the being a contingent workforce? From a contingent workforce, a, a worker perspective? Yes, a worker's perspective. Yeah, no, uh, people want more flexibility now. Um, okay. they, they don't, they're not looking for the parental role of, you know, the organization or the big parent company over, you know, overlooking them. They, right. they want to create their own schedule. They want more of a balanced lifestyle. Even little things like commuting to and from work, it's um, people are turning to, um, you know, being an independent contractor for that kind of work-life balance. Um, so, yeah, from, a, from a, a contractor perspective or employee perspective, the trend is on the rise. Well, on that uh, point, we are going to take a short break. Uh, this is Marcia Zidle, your Smart Moves coach, listening to The Business Edge with uh, Yasmin Bettison. And when she comes back, she's going to talk more about the contingency workforce, how to define it, and how we can utilize it better. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidle, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. 
To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge. This is Marcia's Idol, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest today is Yasmin Bettison um, of Alliance Pro, and she is giving us insights into the benefits and perils of the contingency workforce, which in the last segment... She commented on how it is rising, and it may be 50% by 2016. That really uh, uh, is a, a shocker to me, and I think it may be a shocker to others. So, therefore, if that is the trend, then employers and uh, employees need to get a better sense of what that means and how to be how to utilize uh, that that workforce. So let's start with the question: uh, What are the differences within the contingent workforce? Right. Um, so, so there's there's numerous ways that you can work within uh, what's categorized as a contingent workforce, and there's sure. different terminologies, and um, you could classify yourself in any one of these depending on how you want to work. Um, and it's important for organizations to understand these terminologies, um, for even from a strategic perspective, but also from a compliance and tax perspective. Um, but in a nutshell, uh, a contingent workforce is a group of workers who work for an organization on a non-permanent basis. Um, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, they're freelancers or independent consultants. They can be temporary contract workers. There's other terms known as permatemps, um, whose status lies somewhere between a temporary employee and a per- permanent ent- employee. Um, there are also super temps, who are known as top managers, who have been trained at the top schools, and uh, they've chosen a career as a professional contractor, um, mm. which is important to know uh, from an employer or a client perspective, um, because that has uh, certain ramifications in terms of the quality of work. And then, like I said, there are also those low-skilled workers who voluntarily take on uh, contractual work due to the, due to the need, uh, due to a need, um, and uh, they tend to struggle to survive a little bit more. So um, there are those that are, like I said, self-employed. Independent contractors are usually self-employed, but um, being an independent contractor doesn't um, uh, always mean that. So for instance, to give you an example, if you're a graphic designer that works Mm -hmm. from an office and you work Mm -hmm. for multiple companies, um, you're considered an independent contractor. Um, But a doctor who examines a patient is considered self-employed, but not an independent contractor. Um, There are also temporary workers. They account for about 80% of the employment services industry altogether. On-call workers, um, short-term contract workers, and contracted employment. There's there's varying degrees of contingent workers altogether. You know, I was taking all this down, and let me just make sure I got this, because I see, like, the uh, graphic designer who -hmm. works for multiple companies, she's considered or he's considered an independent contractor, but a doctor who examines patients, doctors considered self-employed, what's the difference there? So it depends on it depends on how you're being employed. So when you're first foremost, you have to look at it from a tax perspective. How right. what are your how do you issue your your tax reports? Is it from a, a W a W two or is it from a, a 1099? Um, we call it our T four T four slips. So it's whether you're an independent contractor or considered an employee. So certain things um, independent contractors have to look at. Um, what determines that is you know your pay periods, your hours of work. Um, you know, do you get uh, sick pay? Do you get any benefits? Things along those lines. 
Okay. There's okay. multiple determining factors there. Okay, so now let's go into um, some of the advantages and disadvantages for employers and contractors. And let's just start with one and, you know, let's go down the list. Let's start with employers. Uh, What are some of the advantages of using a contingency workforce? The number one thing across the board is cost savings. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's usually why an organization would invest in contingent workers um, is because it, it, it saves a lot. So, um, contingent workers, uh, they typically have a higher rate than permanent employees and usually pay by the hour. Um, uh, so, But um, even though they cost more, the overall financial burden to the company is actually substantially less. Mm-hmm. Um, the company doesn't need to invest in benefits. They don't need to invest in Social Security um, or termination costs. They don't even have to worry about health and safety training, whether yeah. that's a good thing or not. I'm not too sure. Sure, right. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, contract workers don't receive benefits, um, and, and nor do they need to worry about the cost of what happens if they decide to be terminated. There's no severance pay involved mm-hmm. at all. You simply pay for the contractor hours uh, and the work that is completed. Um, you know, and, they're, you know, these contractors are off, able to offer a, a kind of a laser beam, very targeted approach to, tar- to project-based work, you know, if you have time sensitive work. Um, they're very focused on it um, and, and they take a very specialized approach to this work. Um, you know, you could also staff based on your organization's business cycle. So for example, um, you know, if you're in growth mode, hiring full-time employees is obviously a good, uh, good strategy. Um, but, um, you know, the long-term effects of, of co- the long-term costs of compensation um, can end up really hurting a company's bottom line, especially when the economy is, is still so fickle and tentative, like I said. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, additional benefits are even for startup organizations. They help uh, define their hiring and talent strategy without the long-term investment. So you get kind of a try before you buy options. Uh, right. Um, uh, so you could, you know, it's what we call in the staffing industry, attempt to perm opportunities. So you could see how well they do in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, it also involves less managing um, from an organizational pers- uh, perspective. Contingent workers are very independent. They're self-directed. They see themselves as their own bosses. Um, and, you know, the company is not your employer. They're your client. So this is a real boon to managers. Um, it's a very straightforward and, uh, you know, easy kind of approach to working um, because you're, you're kind of paying for performance. Um, and uh, if it's implemented well, um, you know, on average, you'll see a minimum of a 10% um, in cost savings. Um, but you could see upwards of 40% depending on, wow. on how you roll it out and what workers you're, you're, you're um, contracting out. Um, and not to mention you're getting the expertise of these contractors um, um, that might not be present in your, internal, in your internal staff or your permanent staff, I should say. So you've outlined many uh, advantages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are there some disadvantages of the contingency workforce? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, they, it could, if it's not handled right, it could really be a hidden cost. Um, and the number one, um, you know, disadvantage for organizations and hiring con- contingent workers is the misclassification of contingent workers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the landmark uh, uh, lawsuit with uh, Microsoft of their permanent employees where they paid out $97 million. Um, that's because of the misclassification of their contingent mm-hmm. workers. Um, and right now, they're estimating that about 30% of firms will 
or are misclassifying contractors, and they're completely leaving themselves exposed to liabilities, lawsuits, and any sort of penalties. So while organizations are looking to cut costs internally, the IRS and the CRA (laughs) are conducting payroll audits on misclassification. So it's important to know the general rules outlying them, Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's really really you know very very broad contractors um, um, in general uh, or or according to the IRS I should say um, an employee uh, in general is someone who performs a service for you um, if you can control what will be done and how it will be done so right. it's, it's very very broad there are over you know sixty eight um, in 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 Canadian regulations uh, to help you know identify whether. Um, uh, a contractor is an employee or a contractor. So um, just because you uh, have some sort of contract that outlines uh, or that says you're a contractor, it doesn't mean that's the case. So, um, so that's the number one thing that organizations should be very aware of is the misclassification right. um, and any sort of regulations outlining employee or outlining having a contractor on site or even off site. Um, but also um, in terms of hiring contingent workers, if um, you don't have proper strategic directing or if you don't track it properly, um, there's simply just a large expenditure. It's just simply a large cost. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to track it. You have to have a strategy around it. Otherwise, you will have lost productivity. Um, other aspects um, that you have to be aware of is that, you know, if you have contractors or contingent workers um, and they are juggling multiple clients, they might not be as loyal to you as yes. they would if they were your, your permanent employee. Um, you know, maybe you're not their number one client. Um, you can lose intellectual property. Um, you could, um, if you have them on site, they might disturb your your organization's cultural mor- morale and the culture mm-hmm. in general. There, there could be a lot of internal power struggles between permanent employees and uh, contingent workers. So there's a lot that has to be accounted for in terms of hiring or, or employing contingent workers. You know, I was going to ask you the question about um, uh, uh, employee engagement and how contingency workers, uh, you know, uh, is that going to be a problem? And you actually talked about it because uh, they may not be as loyal. Uh, Mm -hmm. They have other clients. Um, And uh, so, you know, you have to think really, is this the best strategy Mm -hmm. for my company and what where it is right now. Mm-hmm. Now, let's just quickly go to the uh, contractors. What are some um, uh, advantages and disadvantages? And we have about a, about a couple minutes for that. So, okay? Sure. sure. So, um, for, for contractors, it's, it's actually been proven that those, um, or research has indicated, I should say, that, uh, that contingent workers who have voluntarily uh, chosen to be uh, professional contactor, contractors are actually more satisfied with this type of working arrangement than those that are in permanent employment situations. So mm-hmm. they're just all around happier with their career. Um, women also might find uh, the contingent workforce more attractive because it offers a more flexible work schedule to balance their family and their work life. Mm-hmm. And they'll have mm-hmm. time to engage in other activities of choice, such as, you know, perhaps advancing their education. Um, it also offers the option to enjoy a variety of assignment, assignments and uh, opportunities to build your skills. Um, so for the professional class, it's actually um, a little bit more beneficial because you can also um, ha- receive higher income. You could choose your pay right. Um, um, you could you could basically you, basically you have more control over how, when, and where you work. Um, and let's say um, you know you're between jobs. You you don't mm-hmm. want to be a contingent worker. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be on contract uh, 
uh, you're just between jobs right now. You could bridge this gap um, uh, between permanent opportunities um, and, and just kind of treat it as a stopgap. Now, this is a good thing um, if you're an employer looking to uh, to uh, find a person from a tap to perm opportunity, but not a good option, not a good hire um, if you're looking to have someone work on project work um, because if they find a permanent opportunity, they just might abandon the project altogether. Um, so you have to be very aware of this. Um, so, I mean, it's really more of a life choice from a contractor perspective. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. you can have some really negative ramifications. Well, at this point, uh, it's time for a short break. Um, this is Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves coach. Uh, this is the Business Edge. And when we return, Yasmin will uh, talk about the... Um, you know, you mentioned that uh, the implementation is so important for the employer. And so uh, I'm sure you're going to get into that with success- suggestions you have for the employers of how to implement this effectively. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. This is Marsha Zido, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest today is Yasmin Bettison of Alliance RPO, I'm giving insights into the benefits and the perils of the contingency workforce. At the end of the last segment, uh, Yasmin was talking about the 
advantages and disadvantages of uh, contractors uh, being uh, part of the contingency workforce. And she got into the advantages, but not into the disadvantages. So let's start this segment with what are some of the quickly, some of the disadvantages of being a contingent worker? Yeah, thanks, Marsha. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to outline this because, um, you know, some of the disadvantages with being a contingent worker um, is that you don't have access to the Family or Medical Leave Act. Um, you don't have access to rec- the Retirement Income Securities Act or the Fair Standards or the Fair Labor Standards Act, um, which establishes minimum wage. Um, so you're not eligible for maternity leave or workers' compensation or unemployment. You really are giving up a lot of your rights as a permanent employee if you choose to be a contingent worker, um, and also. So those that choose to, um, uh, th- those that involuntarily choose contingent work, so those that kind of have to and are just taking jobs, um, they're often underemployed and experience um, and are underutilized, and they experience um, a lot of um, psychological um, impact to their well-being because they usually receive little training or career development. There's not a lot of job security, which is really important. It's the number one important thing to employees, um, and that's absent. So um, individuals that involuntarily choose this profession usually have kind of a loss of sense of personal identity, and they usually experience burnout, elevated blood pressure, neurological complaints or depression. The, The list goes on and on. So it's really important that this is a career of choice. I think um, that is the mo- one of the key points that you just said, which is it needs to be a career choice because mm-hmm. there are, are advantages and disadvantages. And if only if you only see the disadvantages, you're not going to be a happy camper. Right. But if you really are going for the advantages, it's a perfect career choice. So exactly. let's move on to getting back to the employer. Mm-hmm. Um you know, um, you, you in, the, in the last segment you talked about the advantages and disadvantages for the employer, and one of the key points you made was um, there can be some difficulty in implementing this kind of of uh, program or this kind of uh, workforce. So, what suggestions might you have for employers first, mm-hmm. um, so that they can implement it successfully? Sure. So annual workforce planning should um, first and foremost be a natural part of an organization's business planning process. Um, and a, a typical outcome for this plan, uh, planning is is, uh, is really knowing the number of people that you're going to need to hire and, and the level and the types of skills your organization will need in the following years or, or year. Um, and what I think a lot of organizations don't do is communicate with their HR department. Um, I do see this happening um, more now than it has in the past, but um, this is really a key point um, because non-communication uh, of your workforce planning with your HR, if you're not doing it together or if HR is not doing it, um, will leave a HR scrambling and it will cause um, unnecessary costs. Um, low quality of hire, increase, uh, decrease, I should say, in productivity. Um, so it's really important that you follow uh, a phased and strategic approach um, to achieve your organization's ob- objectives. Um, so uh, there are structured ways and kind of checklists that you can um, conduct uh, when uh, developing a contingent workforce plan. And the first thing I would suggest doing is collecting your data and assessing it. So really understanding 
you know, or asking yourself or the organization, what is the strategic direction of the organization? Because everything you do with your people or your human capital has to be directly aligned with this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what are your critical workforce segments? Um, and what data do I have to work with? Um, so we'll see the a rise in HR analytics and investment in HR and, and analytics technology in regards to this. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, you should do a supply and demand analysis. So what skills do we have? What don't we have? What will we need in the next year to five years? Where are the gaps? Um, mm-hmm. Implementing um, your plan, essentially. So, you know, what are your options, knowing what they are? Um, you know, uh, from this, um, you should be able to have a sourcing and selection, a talent management plan, a retention plan with those that come in place. Um, there's lots of ancillary things that are, that are important. For instance, um, there's no shortage of options in the marketplace for tracking and administering your contingent workers. So you could look at things like your traditional um, ERP human resource management systems or, um, you know, your vendor management systems. Um, and, and this will, you know, the type of technology you need will obviously depend on the number of contingent workers that you'll have in place and, and you know, what your organization, um, you know, is actually looking for. But you have to know what that is. Um, it's also important to uh, consolidate your vendors. You shouldn't have or be inundated with people contacting you. Um, make sure they're vetted and approved uh, so that you work with those that are, you know, really treating you like a client so you could get the, the best contingent workers that are, that are out mm-hmm. there. Um, what's also really important is what you often see with contingent um, organizations that are hiring contingent workers is that there's not a lot of centralization in terms of the process. Um, you need to have a kind of group um, that, that has ownership and accountability um, over this. And this can lay within the HR department, which is fine. It's abso- absolutely fine. But they need to coordinate and integrate with the finance department, the procurement department, uh, the legal, and, and, and be integrated throughout the whole, the whole business process. So... Uh, these are these are key elements you should be looking at. Other things are, you know, um, ha- having enforcing policy, creating the policies, making sure that all your managers understand the worker classification, especially um, if it is a little bit of a dis- decentralized process. Um, they have to be aware of this so that they don't start treating their contingent workers as employees. Um, and of course, always track and cost uh, uh, track and uh, track the cost. Um, and the progress of your contingent workers. Um, make sure you provide them with very clearly defined objectives um, and targets. Um, when, when you're able to follow these, you could see that it's quite robust. It's not if you, if you do it in an ad hoc way, it's lost productivity, and like I said, it's a hidden cost, um, or it will be too costly, and, and you won't reap the benefits. But um, if you have, if you do take a strategic approach, um, we're seeing, as like I said earlier, as little as 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 ten percent in overall cost reductions, and anywhere upwards to forty percent. And this is huge. Um, so, so those are some of the policy, or some of the I would say, with suggestions that I would make to employers when when looking at contingent workforce. So what you're, you know, what I got out of this is it's not, you just, I use the term uh, when I do coaching or when I do speaking, throwing jello on the wall and seeing what sticks. In Mm -hmm. other words, it's not something like that. It has to be planned. That has to coordinate with your strategy. It needs to communicate to all the different uh, stakeholders in this within your company, uh, legal, uh, purchasing, or, or um, financial, everything. So um, it can be a bit overwhelming, I would okay. think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, and it's know, not just for, you know, you know, with this type of strategy in place, you'd think more of a multinational organization would, would take this type of approach, and they, and they should, obviously. Um, but, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's a great 
um, option for startup organizations, for, for, for young organizations. Um, but the, the point is, don't just hire a contingent worker and not worry about it. You should have a plan in place. Just like you plan for everything else, it's part of your overall total talent management strategy. So, uh, so now you, you gave some suggestions for the uh, employers. What about the contract workers? And then we're going to get on to our last question. So what, what should the suggestions for contract workers, what should they know or do or whatever? Um, you know what? Um, it's a little more philosophical, I guess, and I mentioned it before. Just know what you're getting into um, if you're choosing okay. to develop your own practice because it is entrepreneurial in scope. And if you don't have that entrepreneurial spirit or that entrepreneurial profile, um, it could be a real challenge for you. And, of course, there are, you know, you have to understand from a taxing perspective, um, um, you know, how to submit your, your tax forms and things along those lines. But, um, you know, just have a strong understanding of what you're giving up from as a permanent employee and what the potential gains are. Um, and um, if it suits your lifestyle and your goals and aspirations, um, great. If, if, but if you're feeling overwhelmed um, and underutilized, um, then I would invest my time elsewhere. I think that that sums it up. You're either it is an entrepreneurial mindset, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to the next question, uh, which is, um, what are some of the uh, new policies we should be made aware of mm-hmm. um, to help probably employers? And we have a couple of minutes for that. So, uh, Yasmin, talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so again, it's. The most important thing to know in terms of a policy perspective um, is simply to classify them correctly. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's really interesting because um, there is, whether you're looking at the NLRA or the Employment Standards Act or even common law, the terminologies for employee versus contractor, they're all very different but have a lot of similarities. Um, so you have to be very careful because if you're ever brought to court for wrongful termination or, wrongful termination or anything along those lines, um, like I said earlier, there's 68 plus facts that the court will look at in determining, you know, from a procedural perspective, whether this person was classified correctly. So um, some of the questions that you'll need to know um, was, will the work be performed on company premises? Um, did the individual only work for you? Um, will you provide tools and training for this worker for his or her job? Um, and did you control the hours of work? Um, you know, if, if you said yes to any of these, then um, they may be classified as an employee. Ah. And then you leave yourself exposed um, to risk, of course. Um, so like I said before, again, the fact that the parties agreed in writing that the individual is to be designated as an individual, individual contractor, it's not a determining issue. Um, uh, it, it's really looked at on a case-by-case scenario. There's no, con- mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. contingency worker regulation form. I, you know, it, it's not in uh, Canadian or uh, American law, but there are, there are uh, a lot of references that you can make. So it's a very, uh, or look to, I should say, there, you know, it's, it's a very gray area. Um, so for instance, um, some factors that are reviewed again are, were you paid commissions? Um, did you pay through a business? Um, in Canada, you have to have an HST number. Um, did you wear a company uniform? Did you use mm. the office space? Um, mm-hmm. So you could see that it's, it's, it's not, it's convoluted a bit. Um, so um, I could give you an example. So for instance, there was a CFO um, that was contracted by his, his client to perform um, to report to basically conduct reporting and overlook oversee the the bookkeepers. And he was only mm-hmm. there two days a week, 
Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have to do anything else other than monthly reporting, monthly financials, um, but he was there for 20 years. And oh. they decided to terminate the contract. Um, and they obviously didn't offer a severance because in their eyes, he had an HST number. He invoiced them every two weeks and he mm-hmm. was on contract. Um, but he said, I'm, I'm an employee and I'm, I'm, I'm due a severance. And in court, um, they actually ruled in his favor um, simply because of the length of, of term, because he was there for 20 years, and because he was part of their benefits plan. And they offered the benefits plan to him in goodwill, um, not because they considered him an employee, um, but um, he was offered and, and given the severance because of that. Um, so it's, it is a very gray area. Um, Can I, at that policy. point, I just want to say this is a perfect example of why you need to know uh, uh, about the not only the laws, but uh, how you're supposed to treat and uh, and pay and all the things you talked about if you're going to have a contingency workforce. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's time for another break. Um, when we come back, uh, Yasmin is going to talk about um, some of the trends and then most importantly, how to contact her and her company because I'm sure you're going to have more questions and would like further information so stay tuned your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. This is Marsha Seidel, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest today is Yasmin Bettison of Alliance uh, 
RPO. And she's been talking about the benefits and the perils of the contingency workforce. And we have gotten such great information from you, Yasmin. But one one last question. Uh, what are the, is this trend going to continue? And just talk briefly about the trends. Sure. So there's there's a few things that I, I believe are going to happen in the coming years, um, and, and we're already seeing some of it happen. So, for instance, um, you know, unemployment unemployment rates will continue to decline. We've seen um, you know June's number come in at six point one percent, which is, is is great. We want to keep this momentum going. Not so great for the Canadian market at seven point one percent, but um, you know I, I do believe the, the unemployment rates will continue to to decline, and monthly job creation numbers will continue to rise. Um, I think things like office space will no longer be as important because workers will be more transient. And uh, like I said earlier, the parental role of traditional companies um, will be replaced um, with workers taking control of their careers and determining how, when, and where they're going to work. Um, I do see it already that HR will play a more integral role in the needs mm-hmm. of the workforce. Um, uh, the Health Care Act um, will, uh, impact will be on the rise um, as, uh, you know, what what I foresee happening is is because companies with 50 or more employees will have to provide affordable health care um, to uh, to their employees. Um, I believe that some organizations, some small to medium sized organizations, will actually try to dodge these penalties and instead of increasing their headcount, will contract these contingent workers out. Mm-hmm. Um, freelancing will probably become a normal way of life um, as, as a result of some of these factors. Um, in the Canadian market, we don't have to worry so much in, in terms of public health care because um, it's, it's already an, an integral component of, of the way that we live. Um, but uh, really looking at it, like total talent management will, will be a concept that will be embraced by most organizations, whether you're small, medium, medium or large. Um, and, and because of this, because you'll have more of a blended workforce, um, you're, I think we'll, we're going to see organizations being a little bit more detail-oriented in the way that they look at their workers. So I think they'll invest more in, in, in analytics and, in, for instance, uh, HR analytics so they could dig deeper into uh, their spend and determine how productive their, their talent base really is. Well, you know, you, you I, I, I'm really impressed with what you said and how the how the workforce is moving. And one thing is that uh, HR is going to play an integral role because I know a lot of HR folks. And there was an you know articles written as HR dead. Well, I guess HR is not dead. It just needs to adapt to mm-hmm. being very strategic and very important in talent management. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and, you know, so you, I want to thank you so much for what you have presented to our listeners. I've learned a lot, and I'm sure the listeners want to ask you more questions or get in touch with you. So how can they do that, Yasmin? Oh, thanks, Marcia. So um, you could contact me at Alliance RPO um, to, to give you a little bit of background. Um, we do focus on improving organizations' productivity, their performance, and overall profitability. And the way that we do this is we really focus uh, on your most valuable asset and probably your most costly asset, which is your human capital. Um, the way that we do this is really customized, um, but our core offerings do lie within the HR and talent management solutions sphere. Um, uh, we do focus on recruitment and human resource business process outsourcing, and, and we do take a very systematic and consultative approach um, because we find our clients, um, our, our clients' uh, organizations are as, as unique as the individuals running them. Um, so if you'd like to contact me, please feel free to email me at ybattiston, that's Y-B-A-T-T-I-S-T-O-N at alliancerpo.com, or at, uh, you can simply call me at 416-216-1097. 
Well, I I, I want to thank you again uh, with so much um, important information because uh, we are, you know, the workforce is changing, uh, companies are changing, and we need to keep up with that. You know, it's either change or die. That's that. There's a book out there, and I think this is, you know, you've made that case. So. Uh, listeners, let's next week's program is uh, the topic is pricing to market: the secrets of value-based pricing. Uh, do you feel you're leaving money on the table when you price your products? Do you get upset when your salespeople give a discount to close the sale? Are you using a pricing model that is bottom-up? That means adding a percent markup to get the selling price. Well, there is another way. Learn about value-based pricing from Valerie Pellon, who works with business owners and executives to price their products and services more competitively. Tune in on Wednesday, August 6th, on the Business Channel at 11 Pacific and 2 Eastern. So here's your last Smart Moves tip, and hopefully you'll remember it for the coming week. It is empower the true experts, those closest to the action. They know where the waste and redundancies occur. They know what processes break down and hinder them from doing their jobs or satisfying the customer. And they know where the opportunities for growth exist. So tap into the wisdom of your front line and support people. I'll end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world, those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen in your business, in your leadership, or in your career. Let me show you how. Contact me at 972-380-9181 or... Email me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. It's S-M-A-R-T-M-O-V-E-S-C-O-H-C-S.com. Thank you for listening to The Business Edge with Marcia Zidal, the Smart Moves executive coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth, innovate, improve, ignite, or die, make smart moves. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level.